Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to Food for Thought, a podcast gab fest where in a multiracial mix of queer writers gather around the table to talk about sex, identity, mm. culture, what we like to read, and who we like to read. <laughs> Food for thought. There's more than egg on our faces. <laughs> no. No. Um, no. Who wrote that? Teams <laughs> <Deeps> did. <laughs> yeah, I'm the pun factory. What's up? This is Tommy Teams Pico. I'm an indigenous American poet, editor, and I can suck the color out of a marble. What? <laughs> Tommy said that in front of my mother and she still has not forgiven him for it. <laughs> I didn't say it to his mother. <laughs> right, Let's just, just front. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, I am Jason P. Smith. I am a poet slash performer, a curator, and about a third of Crown Heights has my nudes. <laughs> wow. Yes. And I am Joseph Osmondson, a scientist, nonfiction writer, and I used to be a bottom until Tommy started calling the butt the poop shoot. <laughs> and now I'm never having sex again. <laughs> I hate you, Tommy. <laughs> but didn't you introduce the term nachos? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That was because my butt literally exploded. <laughs> Ruining nachos for everyone on this podcast Except for, for you. possibly six months. Until a month ago, I started eating nachos again. And just FYI, it's because it happened in the area that nacho ass and nacho dick. Nacho ass, nacho ball. So okay. it's also known as the taint. My taint exploded. Okay. Oh, okay. Just yeah. putting it out there. That was about tits, okay. And I am Dennis Norris II, and I'm a reader, a writer, a former figure skater. I have fried pierogies in my bag, and I will cut you for your bacon. Come on. (laughs) Strong choice. Dennis, will you tell us what we got on the menu this week? Always, baby. For today's menu, we amuse your bouches with a classic rendition of Swipe Left, Swipe Right. Our esteemed guest thought recounts a zaddy-licious encounter with a flashlight. (laughs) We discuss making like Ariel and finding our own voices. Ooh. And for dessert... We call a wolf a wolf. Mm. <laughs> you better write that intro <laughs> shit. Yes, baby, take it, take away. it away. Yeah. Nom, 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 thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to start the top of this show the way any good top should with a little tease. Our uproarious appetizer segment, Amuse Boosh. And to mm. amuse your booshes this week, we're bringing back our iconic game, Swipe right, swipe left, wherein we weigh on a smattering of pop culture morsels. I swipe left on calling this game iconic. <laughs> I don't. I just don't think we're there yet. Um, it's a state of mind, Joe. I would say I'm becoming legendary. <laughs> so uh, if you don't know, right is good, left is bad, obviously. We're going to start off with a couple of easy ones and then maybe get a little bit more controversial. Okay. Um, so number one, gay men saying vaginas are gross. Oh, swipe left. left. Swipe left. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, see, easy, right? Yeah. It's 2018. Um, number two, sitting in a bed for days on end and eating junk food watching Netflix, <laughs> calling it self-care. <laughs> swipe right. Uh, I Jason. don't know. That gets a little gross after a while. I would say swipe left. I don't know. I'm known to spend like a three to four day stretch, when, and it just doesn't get cute. Like, yeah. I need yeah. to probably see the sun. <laughs> gotcha. Joe? Uh, I also swipe left. I get anxious. Mm. With that shit. Well, I'm going to swipe right on this because sometimes, <laughs> you know, I just need to be in bed watching. You know, I started watching Altered Carbon. Mm? Like, what? New oh, is that? What is they're that? like, like shrink wrapped in the phone, like yeah. on the ads. And they're like, you live forever, but like you have different, oh. like you have different bodies, but you have like this stack that's like a computer chip that's always the same. And so you get uploaded <laughs> into different bodies. It's deeply weird. Okay. Oh, um, okay. What up, Netflix? <laughs> <laughs> um, how about Gus Kenworthy? Swipe right or swipe left? Dennis? Oh, I mean, swipe right. I love an athlete. I would also swipe right. Okay. Uh, I guess. I mean, he's cool. <laughs> I'm I'm going to swipe the leftest of lefts. Let me tell you, first of all, yes, he 
is on Instagram in a headdress and quote unquote war paint. Oh, oh, being, oh okay. Like, See, I like, knew that was bad feeling. <laughs> work. Being like, um, I don't understand why this is racist. It's just Halloween. Oh. No. Yeah, Are you no, kidding? No. Okay, edit See, it. Swipe left. Swipe left. Honestly, I, I thought like he was just regular left. white boy, but now he's like I regular white boy. So yeah. I don't yes, actually yes, follow yes, him on yes. Instagram. I have not seen that. Yeah. I just swiped right because like I didn't know. I mean, I was right leaning as well until I that I piss hit my face. So. But you know what? You 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 brought the receipts. You brought the receipts. Right. So how about couples Instagram? Swipe right or swipe left? Oh, oh. God, swipe left. Left, swipe <laughs> left, left. I mean, I so just threw up a little in my mouth, so obviously I swipe left. Gotcha. How about Joe's shirtless selfies on Instagram? Swipe left. Swipe left. I'm sorry. God, Jason! <laughs> Jason, don't I'm do so this sorry. to me. I'm sorry. <laughs> what about the ones that are in stories? I mean, swipe left. I don't know. They're, yeah, swipe left. Damn, <laughs> it. <laughs> Damn it. Our, fan, our fans might fall for it, follow but we me, don't. Follow me at Blurg for all the shirtless, shirtless selfies you can handle. <laughs> Which is zip zilch zero. <laughs> so don't follow him. <laughs> Come on now. Come on now. You don't have to do them like that. How do you feel about rompers? Left or right? Oh, swipe right. Yeah, swipe right. Swipe rompers right. Do. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, how do you feel about... Teens, swipe right or swipe left. Oh, swipe right. <laughs> Teens are great. Yeah, swipe right. They're the future. I believe the children are future. Dennis, Dennis is threw up wine. <laughs> right. Dennis works with teens on um, a daily basis. Afternoon and after I've had my my third cup of coffee, I'll swipe right on teenagers. <laughs> mm. Teenage girls or queer teenagers. Right. Straight male teenagers are a hard left. Mm. Mm. Sorry, I can deal with them after four p.m. I feel like a strong four to six. Like, Working at an after school, prob- after school program would be a great career for you. <laughs> great day job. I was, you know, I'm, I'm, I've been pretty disdainful of teens in the past, but I got to say, after all of this stuff with like gun control yeah. and and mm-hmm. teens walking out and taking the lead, I'm just like, all right, maybe okay. you are, maybe you are the future. Yeah. 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 Okay. You know, shout out to them. Shout out to Ferguson. Shout out to Baltimore. Yeah. You know, and actually, all the, like all the youth. calling, like just. Fearlessly calling people out. Um, how do y'all feel about actually having sex all night long, like in a mid nineties R and B jam? Uh, that's exhausting. <laughs> Horrible. Swipe. No Joe thanks. swipes left. Um, can I swipe right on that? Like a couple times a year. <laughs> <laughs> What's your limit? Like, um, give us a number. I think maybe four. Four times three a year. Four times wow. a year. That's right. cute. Of all like, night. A quarterly. Well, I'm a no. Like, I mean. With like the, bottoms with, do do a lot, but I just I, yeah I if he's up for it every so often I'm up for it. So, so that's de- how Dennis signals the change of seasons. Right, exactly. Oh <laughs> my god, that's like the, yeah, that's the solstice. <laughs> I'm, I'm just picturing, I'm just picturing yeah. Dennis actually falls asleep for about half of it. <laughs> so for about six of the twelve <laughs> um, hours, fair. fair. Dennis is being fair. plowed and sleeping. <laughs> fair, the most restful sleep of his life. It doesn't sound like dick a bad is, place to be, honestly. I'm, because hey, I'm complete when there's a dick inside. Dick me. is Dennis's ambient, basically. Yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah. the man. Um, how do you feel about low hanging balls? Jason. Left or right? Oh yeah, definite right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, strong. Um, I I have to say I I have to you know recuse myself from this uh, because of being guilty as charged. Sorry, everybody. Oh. <laughs> what is? Sorry. Okay. Left or right? <laughs> Left or right? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I actually, I mean, they're fine, but I don't care for them, so I'll swipe left. Hmm. I gotta say, right, because you know, and it's kind of like nice getting plowed, and then you can hear them. Yeah, oh, exactly. When you're getting plowed, when when you're getting plowed, and they hit you in the taint. Mm-hmm. Oh, that is hot. That is hot. That's true. How do you guys feel about sweatpants? Oh. Gray or otherwise? Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, you saying gray? I thought you said great or otherwise. Oh no, 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 no that's no. an interesting answer. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I will, yeah, like, let's say, like, a, a pair of gray sweatpants, and the person has, like, a nice-sized dick, and they're jogging. And, yeah. how, t- and how tall are they, too? They're, like, 6'5". Oh. I, I really don't care about height at that point, I'm saying. If there's hang time, then it's a hard right. And it's just, like, we all got a little It's our dicks all swiped right. Honestly. Yeah, that's it's, a definite yeah. swipe right. Yeah. I mean, who are we? How do you feel about sexting? Swipe right or swipe left? Swipe right. Yeah. Swipe right. I love sexting. I love. Yeah. Sometimes I like sexting more than sex. What's what's the Frank Ocean line? Like hmm. you you text nothing like you look. Interesting. Uh, hmm. What how do you, what is your sext language like? 
it's just like it, it can be like you building a fantasy and and one thing that like adult sex teaches you that oftentimes fantasy is better than enacted reality because hmm. you can like push yourself in fantasies in ways that you wouldn't feel comfortable in reality and it can be super hot but you don't actually have to do any of those things oh i mm-hmm. see what you're saying it's very performative but in a way that's super sexy i just can't do it i can't get down with it yeah. i can't get down with it Dennis? it's weird i mean when i get that text i'm just like I'm busy. Oh. <laughs> like save this for when we're like seeing each other. I I can I can do a little bit of it, but at a certain point I'm like unless like put up or show up. Yeah. Know, like I, it gets deeply awkward for me. Oh, I weird. feel like 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 you know somebody would be like I'm super horny right now and I was like it's, it's <laughs> nice sex thing. Yeah. <laughs> we're yeah. sure doing it. <laughs> whereas, whereas, like, I've edged for hours at work, uh, like, texting and, like, edging and then, like, get home and finally have to get, like, permission to finally, oh, it's so hot. Yeah. Ugh. I mean, well, that's fun. To be fair, I work with children, so I can't, like, that's just, I can't. Oh, yeah, context matters. Like, don't like, do context... it, like, in between, like, recess and. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's that's just weird. Not... <laughs> I, so I recently came across a Tinder profile where this guy is a school teacher and said he gets off four to five times a day Whoa. and i was like you work from seven to three sorry like that that, something has to be happening while you're at the school teaching the children and i don't know that i'm okay with that i feel very uncomfortable left let's uh move on how about how do you feel okay swipe right or swipe left on writers finding success at a very young age jason Oh my god, ew, what? <laughs> don't throw this at me. Um, I don't know. I mean, honestly, anybody, like, get it how you live. Capitalism is weird and fucked up and awful, so, like, swipe right. Like, secure the bag. That's my answer. I, Dennis? I, I'm 100% with you. Swipe right. Get, I, get in where you fit in. I, uh, uh, Joe is going to swipe left. I didn't even start writing until I was in my 30s. I just think there's something about the visibility that happens when you're young um, that is really hard to manage emotionally and mm-hmm. in the work. My my big fear is that, like, getting success too young would mean that, like, you already think you're the shit, so, like, you stop growing or getting yeah. better. Like, there are a few pe- – there. I mean, it's because, like, there are a few people who I feel like, like, got big fairly quickly at around, you know, 20. And I haven't seen their – I haven't really seen them progress beyond what got them that one uh-huh. thing. And I'm not saying don't get a win and I'm not saying, get you know, win. don't, yeah, mm-hmm. get it. But then it's like, but then I feel like yeah. it's like them trying to redo the thing that got them the initial success in the first place. Ahem, yeah. ahem, Zadie Smith. Yeah. Ahem, ahem. I didn't say shit. <laughs> I didn't say that at all. <laughs> but what I will say though is I think that um, where I'm coming from is like, in those moments, you know, obviously being a youth, I guess, whatever, <laughs> um, like, I would depend on my teachers, right? I depend on the, you know, people who I think are, like, five steps ahead of me and who I think are really doing this in, like, a smart and ethical way, mm-hmm. right? I think that's a safe way to, like, move through the world and, like, not be, like, on some fuck shit, which is, like, kind yeah. of what most of the literary space is. <laughs> like, and I mean, like, it's no shade, but, like, we all know, like, you know. A ton of people who like to talk about what they do without actually doing it. Mm -hmm. Thank you for playing another round of Swipe Right, Swipe Left with us. Thank you. For our next segment, Jason Smith is going to give us an impure thought story spelled T-H-O-T. I'm scared. Take it away, Jay. (laughs) Why are you scared? I mean, honestly, it'll be fine. Okay, so as my dear friend Dennis, I've been known to pull a daddy or two in my time. Oh, yes! So uh, this story, I was caught between uh, doing, like, you know, my most recent daddy issue or, you know, my very first daddy lesson, as Beyonce would say. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to go with number one. Okay. So I was in, I was in, like, firmly in my early 20s. So it was, like, 2013, 2014-ish. And I was, like trying to be a dancer, still doing, like, the whole odd job thing and, you know, running around like crazy. And I was working at... I was working for this really kind of, like, shitty boss uh, situation. He was just, like, really snippy. You know, one of those, like, mean bosses that kind of always has, like, this weird quip to say. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I was just doing a bunch of, like... I've been that boss. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. It's the worst. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, and it would be different if I was, like, you know, bad at my job. But, like, also, like, you know, I'm, like, very, very anxious and, like, be on time, right? And, like, do all the things. So, you know, it was just a really weird summer and, like, a really weird space. And he was just going through a lot. But anyway... Um, so I, uh, the last job that I did for him, 
uh, was moving him into his new apartment slash uh, home studio. So we get there, and I meet the two movers, one of whom... Oh. <laughs> right. Uh. Right. Okay, cool. So I we saw know that look. I mm-hmm. saw that look. Okay, cool. Um, so uh, meet the uh, two movers, one of which uh, is a really good friend of his, who is... You know how you see one of those dudes that looks like they're going to be anywhere from, like, they're, like mid-30s to, like, early 40s, and that's just going to be that for, like, 20 years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I aspire to be that. You know what I mean? Like, like, just want that so badly. Right, like, just, like, a strong, Timeless. like, mid-range jumper daddy. Like, it was great. And so I meet the friend, and he's kind of giving me the eye and kind of giving me energy, but again, like, it's super early. Like, I'm super, like, young in my butch queen stage. I haven't even graduated to hard femme yet, so, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> I don't really know, like, what the vibe is, but, like, I sense there's an energy. Mm-hmm. So the day's going on, and at some point, we start to have, like, a lunch break and my shitty boss is taking our orders and we're just kind of like talking uh, and mind you I said his apartment and his home studio right and mind you I've been there the whole morning I haven't eaten he's been like snipping at me all day right like all of these are important parts of the story mm-hmm. so you know at this point I'm a little stressed out and like also dealing with this fine ass dude like flirting with me and so it's a lot at some point he takes our orders and is like okay cool I'll be back in 30 minutes and it's like oh okay, my god cool so daddy of the day looks at me and is like you you know, let's take a break. And I'm like, okay, cool. So he walks past me and is like, I'm going to go get something from the fridge. And as he's walking Ooh! past me, you know how like, um, those American apparel, like harem pants were like really big back oh, in the God. day. Oh. So like I was wearing those. Oh, right? Jason. And like, you know how they're super, super thin. <laughs> yeah. So like, Uh-oh. he's moving past me and I just feel like what I think is a fucking flashlight. <laughs> oh. Slide across oh. my ass. Oh. As he's uh. walking to the kitchen. And I'm like, Oh, okay, cool. So this is happening. Wow, clearly uh, he wait, wanted wait, wait. you for a snack. Yeah, wasn't uh-huh. wasn't there another mover? Yeah, there was. Where, where, okay. They, so oh. here's the thing. Oh, God. So the order apparently was apparently going to be too big for him to do by himself. I don't know why. He just, okay. like, needed an extra person to go. Oh, so the, the other so mover is gone. Together. Oh, my God. I feel like it was almost orchestrated for I, this. This is like, this is like an Elio's know. father situation. I don't <laughs> know. But at this point, like, one, I am like, Do okay. I believe in God? I mean, I did this day. Honestly, I don't know. Like, it might be questionable before and after, but... Yeah, he provided. Like, fucking solid. (laughs) Fucking solid. Like, shout out to you, like, wherever you are, doing it up. Good looking out, Jesus. You know what I mean? So, (laughs) so sure enough, um, they leave for lunch, and I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. He comes back, and, you know, we're kicking the shit, and all of a sudden, he, like, leans forward and (laughs) starts kissing me. Yeah. And... (laughs) <laughs> and sure enough, um, he fucks me in oh! my boss's home office wow. in the 30 minutes that we are uh, on our small break. Oh! Um, yes. <laughs> but the my favorite part of the story is when we leave, he's like, okay, cool. Like, we should hang out sometime, whatever, whatever. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'm not doing anything today, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so I'm like, absolutely ready to do this again. It's totally fine. I'm like, young and stupid, mm-hmm. right? So, uh, sure enough, I live uptown at the time, and so does he. Uh, so we make plans to meet later in the day. That same day. Wow. That same day. Right. Okay. Oh. You were, you were, you were really vanished. Yeah, no, it was, a, it was a whole thing. Was it, but was this like a date aspirational, or did you want a second go? Oh, I wanted a second go. Are you kidding? What? You, oh my God, that sounds yeah. horrible. Oh my God. No, that's, perfect. I just need to go watch I am, so, I am so, I'm so with you. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'll like. I'll swipe right on multiple times in one day. Yeah, I, yeah. you know, I mean, like, mm-hmm. I have to be really selective about it now, but like, girl, then, what? Yeah. you know what i mean like adulthood like gives you choices but like at the time i was like fuck it let's do it Mm -hmm. so sure enough you know i'm feeling like the thrill of the moment i'm feeling like my oats i'm like okay cool like this is me being like slutty like just doing the thing um i get uptown and sure enough i get to his apartment and there are pictures of him and this gentleman on the fridge and i'm talking and he's like pouring me water and i'm like oh who is that and sure enough, he tells me that is his partner uh, who lives in that apartment and who has been living in that apartment for the last couple of years. And so I'm like, in my, I'm doing a mental calculus in my head. I'm like, okay, cool. So here's the thing. You're already here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, You're probably not going to see him again after this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, I mean, at the end of the day, like... 
You're yeah. already here. I, I, be, I don't yeah. believe you're the keeper of another person's relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Thank I didn't you. then, and I don't now, honestly. <laughs> Same. So, Thank you know, you. Uh, to make a, a long, for his sake and mine story short, you know, I ended up doing it again. And As you should. And As you should. it was fucking great. And honestly, you know, I think that more than anything, you know, it it taught me the usefulness in like, in like feeling wanted, right? And yeah. feeling mm-hmm. like the power in, be- mm-hmm. in being wanted, yeah. right? Because as I said, like it was a really, really early time for me. I was still figuring out a lot of things around my body, around shame, around around like sex, right? Like around like what it meant to like be a bottom, right? Like mm-hmm. and like all of those things, right? Um, and so like I think that, you know, having that moment where like I felt like I was really, really in control, right? Of mm-hmm. of the desire that was yeah. like in front of me felt yeah. like so, so liberating, right? Even though it was in like this weird, like kind of shitty context that like wasn't even in my control anyway. Yeah. Right? I mean, I'm, yeah. I, here's the other thing. Like you don't know what kind of arrangement they have. Maybe they're open. Exactly. Maybe well, you can fuck right. somebody as long as he's not there. You know what I mean? Like again, like you aren't the steward of another person's relationship. You just have to get yours. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, thank you daddy of the day for, you know, <laughs> yeah. yours into, twice in one day. You know what I mean? Well, I'm just, I'm exhausted by this story. You know, I'm, just, I'm so tired. Yeah, me too. Shout out to like oh, mid twenties. <laughs> mid twenties are fine. I turned thirty five like yesterday. Oh, <laughs> I'm yeah, just and, exhausted. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> I'm exhausted. I did I'm one exhausted. time. I did one time. Um, almost get there with a mover, and this was like maybe two thousand and. Oh, and I was like moving into a friend's place and there was this guy named Rio and he was just like super duper flirty and again gray sweatpants and Ugh, not being able to hide yeah. much and um, he was like it's just oh, a set up it and really I, is yeah, it's a I, set it is a set I had just yes. moved to um, it's, it's a display case <laughs> <laughs> and I had just moved to um, this part of Williamsburg that's on Grand Street and he was like oh you and I have lived here my whole life like this is grand and like um, you know do you need some pizza recommendations I can do whatever it's like Jerry pizza down the way just like tell him Rio sent you like da 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 oh my god Rio sent you right and then, what and do then, they know about Rio um, but then and he was just like sticking around like way longer mm-hmm. but um, I'm gonna p- parrot uh, Janae Kelly who did our live show um, which you can listen to in our archives where she was like she didn't know what to do with the intimacy so she turned yeah. it down mm-hmm. and that was my thing mm-hmm. I was like I don't know what to do with this alright see you later bye Yeah. and yeah, now yeah, I'm yeah. like fuck oh my god Rio was so I know. Yes, I know. Yes. Well, it's I'm not so, the last yeah. time you're going to move in your life. That's true. No, and I'm so glad Jason like just embraced the intimacy when it was when it arrived at your doorstep. Yeah, at absolutely. your booty hole. No, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, he wasn't oh, subtle at all, which is like part of why it's so perfect. Like, I mean, what are you going to do? It's it's just it's so fabulous. I'm so yeah. proud of you. Yeah. I love yeah. that story. Yeah, thank you. It's so good. Yeah. Oh. Thanks, friends. Mm. <laughs> We've arrived at the meat of our discussion, the thought process, the T-H-O-T. T-H-O-T. And what we're going to talk about this week is voices. Now, full disclosure, people's voices are pretty much my favorite thing in the whole world. <laughs> yes. um, they're singing voices, they're speaking voices, like how they express themselves and how they modulate and even, you know, sort of what they betray because it's mm. more than a sound, it's a vibration. You know, mm. you know, voice is something that you can feel. And given the mm. fact that like a voice goes through your limbic system, it is also a channel for your feelings. You know what I mean? Like, think about the way you say different things when you're pissed off or when you're hurt or when you're, like, really giddy and shit. And because of that, like, you can communicate so much just with the tone of your voice. And I was, like, listening to this Neil deGrasse Tyson podcast where he's saying that, like, within 500 milliseconds Mm -hmm. of hearing somebody, you can gauge trust and dominance and a lot of other things, just like by the tone of somebody's voice. And, be, and, and so specifically for like queer people in particular, the fear of your voice revealing something about yourself, it can make it a site of contention and, and trauma and, and also like being stereotyped, right? Mm-hmm. And based on, okay, so I'm going to ask a couple of questions that, some of them are like a little bit frivolous and some of them like are maybe a little bit deep. Mm-hmm. But the first one I want to ask is, okay, we're going to judge this vocalist, uh, these two vocalists. Think of them in the prime of their careers. Okay. 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 Whitney Houston or Mariah Carey. Oh. Not based on voice, not on catalog. Whitney, Whitney Houston. Houston. Yeah, Whitney. This message comes from iHeartRadio sponsor, Mercury Insurance. If you're looking to save some money, you should really think about getting a quote from Mercury. Because Californians save an average of $677 with Mercury. 
It's quick and easy, and in just a few minutes, you might find you could save a lot of money on your auto and home insurance. Plus, Mercury was named one of America's best insurance companies by Insure.com four years in a row. Low rates, big discounts, great insurance. Go to mercuryinsurance.com today to get a quote. It's crazy how much we have to pay for outdated, impersonal health care. And even crazier that we all just accept it. It's time to face facts. Healthcare is backwards. Luckily, there's Forward, a new approach to primary care that's surprisingly personal and refreshingly straightforward. Forward never makes you feel like just another patient. Backed by top-rated doctors and the latest tech, Forward gives you access to personalized care whenever you need it. Using in-depth genetic analysis and real-time blood work, Forward's top-rated doctors provide you with in-depth insights to better understand your genetics, mental, and physical health. They then create custom, easy-to-understand plans to help guide you to achieving long-term health. With Forward, you get unlimited in-person visits with your doctor and access to care anytime via the Forward app, all for one flat monthly fee. It's time to stop accepting backwards health care and start moving your health forward. Visit GoForward.com today to learn more. That's GoForward.com. Hi, guys. Katie Lowe's here. You might know me as Quinn Perkins on Scandal. I'm also the host of Katie's Crib, a podcast about all things parenthood. Katie's Crib is back with new episodes every Thursday. We have got such an awesome lineup of guests. Michelle Buteau on having twins, Katerina Scorsone on raising three children, Kat McPhee Foster on being a new mom. We'll be covering everything from discipline to mom ring. Tune in. Listen to Katie's Crib on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Peace to the planet. Charlemagne the God here. And you don't want to miss Hello Somebody with Senator Nina Turner on the Black Effect Podcast Network. I love Hello Somebody simply because I love Nina Turner. She's fearless. I'm Nina Turner, hell-raising humanitarian, sister in the struggle, and recovering elected official. Listen to Hello Somebody every Thursday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah. That, that's the consensus of yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. And I because okay, well here's the thing. I think of them as like different ways of expressing a voice, right? So like mm-hmm. I think of Whitney's as being like a kind of like round clarity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas like Mariah's is sort of more like a fog, mm-hmm. you know, that like envelops mm-hmm. you or something like that. It's like it's air it's mm-hmm. airier. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And yeah. she certainly had like that that the whistle tone high precision. Like she could do things with her voice that Whitney could not. Mm-hmm. But Whitney's voice always sounded more like a person mm-hmm. to me. Whitney's voice always sounded more authoritative to mm. me. Yeah, like, and Whitney just like like it would blast you against the wall. Like mm-hmm. I could imagine myself being blasted like putty and like slamming against the wall mm. from the power of her voice. And I wanted to, you know, I just kind of wanted to <clears throat> ask about that in particular because I feel like the Whitney Houston and Mariah Carey were the first two people, the first two singers who I ever like yeah. sort of like fell in love with and mm-hmm. became like aware, really of of other people, like the magnificence of other people's voices, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know. But then, so I was thinking about the alternative of that of like being at a place when understanding a voice meant something a little bit scarier. So. The next question I want to ask is, when did you become aware of your voice? When do you remember mm. becoming aware of that other people had an interpretation and an opinion of you based on what your voice sounded like? Uh, this is Joe. For me, like everything else with my body, the first time I realized anything about it was by being <laughs> bullied for it. Mm. It's like I don't notice my body or my voice uh, it was just seemed like an organic part of me, and then I didn't hit puberty <laughs> at the same time everyone else did, and then I was like bullied for having a high voice. Mm. So it was only it's in the it's in moments of pain and rupture that I notice mm-hmm. my body. Mm. I would I would agree with that when it comes to my voice in particular. I think, um, I mean, I think my voice is relatively high now. A lot of people, like on the phone or in different spaces, if they don't see me, think that I'm a woman just from hearing me speak but even when i was a little boy when most little boys voices are high it was more than just like the pitch of my voice it was the way that i spoke it was um what i what i did with my voice that just everyone thought sounded very gay so like i don't remember a time when i wasn't being bullied for being gay like as a child and a big part of that had to do with it wasn't only my voice but a big part of that was my voice Mm -hmm. for sure 
Jason? Yeah, I think that uh, for me it was a little bit different because my relationship to my voice was like really, really intimate from like, you know, uh, since I was a kid. I mean, like me, I mean, my mom was a singer and like my uncle, you know, is uh, a singer and like, I think, you know, obviously like not professionally or anything, they're just like really, really great. And so like I grew up with music like in my house, right? Mm. So like, you know, and I'd always been involved in like musical stuff as a kid. So like even if there was a moment, right, where like I did get a little bit of kind of grief for, you know, flipping into like uh, what whatever we considered like a gay register, like a higher mm. register, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but like for me, puberty hit a little bit early, right? Um, so that was number one. And number two, like because my relationship to my voice was different, right, um, it... I don't know. It was like a, a, a kind of a different experience for me. Like it wasn't so much of a rupture, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but there were like a smaller kind of pockets of, I guess, discord. I mean, does I that def- make sense? It makes total sense. Mm-hmm. I definitely. I'm very jealous of people who grew up. I did a lot of arts, but I, I didn't mm-hmm. music, uh, piano, and clarinet. But I didn't do voice, mm-hmm. and I didn't do dance. So these are, I think, things that give us the impression of our body as an instrument. Mm-hmm. And I did, I, and I didn't have mm-hmm. access to that. Great, it was just not the arts that I chose for myself. And I think that part of that was because there was not a lot of space in the like very um, like working class town that I had for boys to sing or to use their body as an instrument. But I think that's part of my like divorce from being able to feel my body at any moment other than a rupture. Mm-hmm. I, it's, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a thing that I've been working on as an adult, but something that's really hard to learn as an adult, to mm-hmm. notice your body when it's not, when you don't have the training to do that. So mm-hmm. no, I've, yeah. it makes total sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. But that's like a part of performance, right? Is yeah. to mm-hmm. understand um, the ways in which your emotions <laughs> affect your voice so that you're able to affect those in front of people, mm-hmm. right? And I think a lot because my brother is like 11 years older than I am. And so I got, he, he, he was like, like I said before in the show, like a model for queerness but also i remember going through the you know the drive-through line at mcdonald's and we'd be talking to be like and then he'd like turn to the um the 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 microphone or whatever and be like i'd like uh <laughs> chicken nuggets and i'd be like johnny what the fuck right, like that's like, not how you sound you yeah <laughs> and, and i'd watch him hilarious. do that in front of people who he was meeting for the first time totally. so i like watched that that switch happen yeah. and and because he was so horribly bullied yeah. for being a oh, I, little fag, you I know? absolutely did that for years and years. Mm-hmm. And so, and and but I remember first becoming aware of my voice because I sang all the time too. My mom was a choir director at church, mm-hmm. like again, and my dad sings traditional kumiai music, so like nothing like professional. But I did grow up with music and and yeah. with my my aunties coming over with guitars and shit. And my grandmother and my my grandmother played guitar. My other grandmother played piano. It was just mm-hmm. like it was constant singing in my house. Mm-hmm. And it's like I remember. <laughs> One of my cousins, I was at my grandma's house. One of my cousins was like, "Oh God, what's the um, what's how does the bridge go in <laughs> Gangsters Paradise?" Oh my God, and, Gangsters Paradise. And, well, that's the chorus, but like oh, the bridge, yeah. and then and then I I sang it, and mm-hmm. then he was like, "No, but I mean like the real version, not like the girly version, not like oh. the one that you're doing." And the, the, but and, and first of all, uh. A girl is not a pejorative term, right. <laughs> and you should be so lucky to be compared to a girl. Do you know what I mean? Um, but it, it wasn't what he was saying because, like, man, like any people don't give a fuck. Like, my first nickname was Fat Girl. You know what I mean? Like, right. and they also like, like don't. Oh my God, they're not very. <laughs> my uncle's name is Limpy. You want to know why he got that nickname? We're not very uh, adventurous or imaginative when it comes to our epithets or whatever, <laughs> our nicknames. So it, it's not that I wasn't used to people calling me girly, but it mm-hmm. was the venom in his voice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The accusation. I, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That then I was like, wait, is that a bad thing? Yeah. yeah. I started to get very self-monitoring. It was like, I that again, like yeah. talking about a rupture, like yeah. there was a way in which I just did not think about my voice because it just came out of me. Mm-hmm. Right. Then mm-hmm. I, to then being like, this is a thing that I have to control yeah yeah and i have to like be quiet and so for years like i mean going into like in in high school like there was like this contingent of of neo-nazi and kkk kids that got bused to our high school with the indian kids from the reservation oh wow and so they just like and there was like this fight that happened in the beginning of freshman year and most of the kkk kids and most of the indian kids ended up getting expelled because of this huge fight that happened on the bus but the ones that stayed made my life a living hell and and it was in a large part due to the way that i sounded and so it like so i just kind of like i was that person who couldn't raise my hand in class no more I just, like, stopped talking altogether, wow. stopped singing, stopped everything. And it Oof. took me, like, years of, like, um, of, 
of, like on a self-reflection and I did things yeah. like took singing lessons and I would do things like I would, I would run and I would practice. Um, I would do scales. Cause I heard that's what Beyonce did. Yeah. It's <laughs> making the band. Yeah. It's Diddy would love you. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so it took me like 15 years to undo that history of like vocal trauma to be like, Oh, my voice is something that I still, that I have now. It's mine. It's like a, a utility that I enjoy. Teams, mm. I have a question yeah. for you relating to that. And this, I think Jason, you also perform so much that what role did actually performing your work out loud play in like relearning to use your voice and take up space in public with it. Mm. Mm. Do you want to go first? Yeah, sure. Um, I think for me specifically with uh, kind of getting back into, into singing and like adding that into, you know, the work that I do as a poet, I think that having it as a practice again always reminds me to like return to my body. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that in the moments where, you know, I mean, obviously a lot of us are dealing with like mental health or, you know, uh, whatever have you. And I think that for me, like in those really kind of like fucked moments, right? Like, you know, uh, there's a song that my my mom loves to sing. uh, It's Karen White's Superwoman. And like, Mm -hmm. she's been singing that since I was a kid, right? So like, even if I could hear it like 40 feet away from me, right? And would know it like from the drums, Mm -hmm. you know? And so like, it's, it's like kind of like a lullaby in that way right like where it's Mm. like it's a physical like ritualistic thing that i can do that will always bring me back to myself right Mm. so like understanding it not only as like a performance practice but also as like a healing and like kind of somatic practice right like Like a mm. refrain for your body yeah you Mm. know what i mean like you know how they always say like you know like return to those things that you loved as a child in order to like you know find like i don't know nirvana or whatever the fuck Mm -hmm. right but like you know um thinking about like that idea of returning you know Mm -hmm. that it 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 feels like a marker it feels like a goalpost right that i can kind of like run back to Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. you know in those moments um Jason, in addition to being a poet, you're also a singer. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the the Gay Voices episode. Um, But I'm just curious, like, so... your what your relationship to your voice is and when, you know, where do you reach... What do you reach into when you're singing? Like, what is, like, singing to you? Like, what is is your voice to you? So, I mean, like I said, you know, I've been singing for a really long time. um, And growing up, you know, my mom always had me in, like, something, you know, uh, kind of, like, some kind of, like, choir situation. We were always, like, singing in the car or something. Um, Puberty hit me really hard, and I got really uncertain. Um, And I think Mm. that what singing, you know, has been to me since then, because then I was, like... (laughs) You know, Tony Braxton saved my life, right? Um, oh and like, my God. love her. You know what I mean? Like, you know, the girl, right? The girl has the notes and the range. Um, and so, like, um, I think that for me, you know, there was there was kind of a turning point, like when I hit puberty, and I realized that like my voice was changing, in which like I had to understand singing as more of like an ability, right, than like a range, right? So like, mm. I had to be more concerned with like mm-hmm. what Ooh. the singers were actually doing, right? Mm-hmm. And like, mm-hmm. that was great because like your girl was churchy right so it's like i was already looking at that right like i was already looking at gospel singers for like runs and like what they could do like to control a note right so like thinking about like jill scott right and like you know tony braxton and like brandy right like and singers who like could stay in the basement but also you know like be really really skilled wherever they were Mm -hmm. on the scale Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and i think that that was the thing that gave me kind of like confidence in myself so you know it's kind of like i was saying earlier what singing does for me because i've done it for so long like you know i'm really glad that we you know you've had me think about this because my voice is the it's the quickest workshop for me Mm. you know oh my god like i feel like i you know if you know working on a poem is real like i'm a slow writer right Mm -hmm. and you know as a dancer like i am you know pretty good like you know i can work but like it you know there's still there's still a kind of like lag you know but it's like i feel like i'm the most fearless right uh Mm -hmm. like when i'm singing because it's the most like that i'm connected right Mm -hmm. it's it's the thing i've been doing the longest right Mm -hmm. like i mean i'm sure if i was riding a skateboard it would probably be the same thing right Mm -hmm. but like it just it is a thing where it feels so pressure free right like i can do it walking down the street now Mm -hmm. right and like not give a fuck you know um and that feels so liberating to me and like you know if i hit a wrong note it's a wrong note and i can laugh at myself and be like okay cool well yeah. sis like so does janet didn't quite hit the note you know what i mean such a good time right oh my god <laughs> y'all i saw janet at the barclays and literally she stopped in the middle of i want to say when i think of you and was just like so many hits you guys <laughs> no, oh my god it was god, the most I, iconic uh, fucking thing i've ever seen love her i need her to do that at the super bowl like, wow. actually oh my god. do and you uh, feel like um there are ways in which, like, now that you are where you are with your voice, mm. which um, maybe we all are very comfortable with them now, like, do you feel like it's one of the truest 
like iterations of you as a person mm-hmm. or representations or manifestations of oh, you, whether a- it's your singing voice or your speaking voice or, or anything like, does it just like, for me, it feels like it's, it announces this, so much about you. Yeah, yeah. This like tiny ember that lives inside me before mm-hmm. anything else mm-hmm. Like no, for me it's my shirtless selfies for sure. Oh, <laughs> it's true. Well, look at the, do- look at the Joe door. On Instagram. <laughs> look at the door, Joe. Look at the door. <laughs> begging for you. Do you okay? Do you guys? What do you guys feel about uh, a little bit of a departure? But mm-hmm. how do you feel about like hyperverbal people in sex? Nope. No. No. Uh, no. I can do it Defi- if it's not corny. I guess it's almost <laughs> always corny. Define hyperverbal. Well, just somebody who's like, all the time. who's like narrating, like, yeah, you suck that dick. Yeah, fucking no. spread that shit. Like somebody who's like, no, no you want to time it right. Like, don't talk to me the whole time. Uh, <laughs> well, okay, you want to know? Coach. You want to know is. <laughs> the sexiest thing during sex and I've had sex in the last few months with a few people who do this um, and it is usually people who again are connected with their bodies who don't say shit but manage to move themselves and move you Mm -hmm. to exactly where they want you to be and then like if you push back just a touch because you don't want to be there then they stop it's like they have the ability to read your body and to speak through their body what they want that is totally hot but People who are verbal, it's not because they don't have that. It's, right, exactly. To me, it's just like an... I love a verbal top. Me Listen, too. I love Jesus. a verbal dominant a verbal top. <laughs> and a dominant verbal top who can both put me in the position he wants me to, to be in and tell me the position that he wants me to be in mm. gets me so there. I'm like a little turned on right now just thinking <laughs> about it. Listen, I am all about it. D, I, 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 yeah. I fucking agree with you. There was this dude that this team's again, uh, there was this dude that I was seeing in maybe like 2011 and he he had like the like deepest natural voice. Like, oh. It didn't sound like somebody who was putting it on and he would yeah. like, and he would, be, he would just like, he you know, he'd be like, Oh, Tommy. And I'd be like, oh, yes. <laughs> yes. It's like that scene in Living Single when she's like, uh, Regine and her um, artist boyfriend are like on the roof fucking. And she's like, say my name, say my name. And he's like, Regine. And she's like, spell it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like hearing my name during sex, though. I don't I either. Actually, you know how you guys were I all don't. like, we can't believe that you're okay with daddy. And I was like, I don't associate daddy with my father. I'm named after my dad. So I, I associate my name <laughs> with my dad. <laughs> Listen, Dennis, listen, Dennis, 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 Dennis is a complicated girl. I'm a complicated girl. She just has daddy issues. That's, her, it. Like, what, that's, that's a complicated thing. But I, I associate my name with my dad, so I don't like hearing my name. Well, that sex. makes sense. It's the same one. Like, it's the same name. Yeah, Thank you. You just said that. It's fine. I'm Joe, listening to you, girl. Like, I'm I crazy. And I'm like, well, maybe I am crazy. But yeah. Anyway. I just, what do you feel about, about, about verbal... Oh, I fucking love it. Yeah. I mean, I love it. Really? I love it in the right context. Mm. I mean, honestly, I think that, you know, Angel Nafi says, and we quote her all the time, but like too much of a good thing is still too much, right? Yeah. You know? yes. And so it's like, you know, I mean, you you just have to know, right? Yeah. Like, I think that there is a way that like, you know, in the same way that you're like performing, right? Because sex is sometimes kind of like, oh, oh my yeah, God, it's like, you know, mm-hmm. um, it's like, you have to know the room. Like, you have to be like yes. tapped into your, to like your audience, quote mm-hmm. unquote, right? Like, you have to like understand mm-hmm. like, when they're uncomfortable, when they're feeling weird, and oh like God. adjust. Mm-hmm. You know, the next like, time I get fucked just right, I'm just standing ovation afterwards. I'm yeah, just you know what I mean. Gift. Or at <laughs> least cook <laughs> breakfast, do something. You know what I mean? Like, like you did a good make them, job. You know, make them feel appreciated. Send oh them. That's when you can send them that good morning text, Joe. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> the oh. next day, that's fine. Right, that's fine. Jason, but, I am so struck by the thing you said in terms of voice and in the way we use our body about ability versus range mm-hmm. because your range changes i think we all it have does. these stories where we were all either terrorized or i was like terrorized by not going through puberty the, like the way mm-hmm. our body changes is a terror and it changes everything mm-hmm. about who we are it changes like our voice is made by our physical body and that mm-hmm. will change over time mm-hmm. right and so it's like as you grow older you learn to trust that your range may change but your able your ability to control it and make it your own will be like consistent throughout or, your entire life, or or two that your emotional range stays big. Yeah, you know I've a, I have a five octave emotional range. Yes. Okay, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, there's a water sign somewhere in your chart. Yes. It's all I'm half. 
I'm half fire and half water, so I like to tell people I'm steam. (laughs) (laughs) Or you just constantly put yourself out. Yeah. And still capable of, like, third-degree burns. Uh Uh-huh. That's absolutely right. And I will drown your ass, too. (laughs) You Um, will. Do you, so I guess, like, like Dennis answered this question earlier, but Mm -hmm. do you like your voice? Jason. Yeah, I think so. I think that... I'm learning to like it again. I think there was a time where I I liked it, but I didn't trust it. You know what mm. I mean? I think mm. that there, you know, there was there was a way that like I because I didn't trust it, I wasn't taking care of it. Yes. I didn't really, you know, respect mm-hmm. it, you know what I mean? And I think that the a part a big part of <laughs> I did this talk with a couple with a couple of friends uh I did when I did reparations with Morgan right mm-hmm. um you know that um a thing that I said that I'm thinking about is like what does it mean to take my body back this mm-hmm. year yeah. right what does it mean to like really really have like a kind of synthesis right in in the way that like I move through the world in the way that like I'm using my voice like not only as a performer <laughs> but like as a person right as like you know uh, a fucking like you know family member right like mm-hmm. as like a community member as a literary citizen right like yeah. all of these things are connected all of them are embodied right so like mm-hmm what can I do to, like, achieve synthesis and all of those things? And yeah. I think this, too, I mean, it r- relates to what Joe said ab- mm-hmm. about range versus, like, ability, too. It's just, it's like, it's like fucking uh, Stevie Wonder and Sir Duke when he's like, yeah. you can feel it all over, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. And that, like, achieving that some sort of, um, I want to call it, like, a melding or, a, this is a controversial word, collusion or some kind of a, a, a way in which, like, your different sort of sensibilities mm-hmm. kind of mix and that that's They're- what creates the indelible you they're inextricable yeah, yeah. i mean they're inextricable because you know i think this is joe uh as a scientist i it was a big moment for me when i realized you know as someone who's always been so internal and intellectual in a bad way at, at the expense of my body when i realized that my brain was my body you're just like the brain body binary is like bullshit scientifically mm-hmm. because your brain is made of motherfucking cells like mm-hmm. your brain is just a part of your body um yeah. and to answer your earlier question teeps i would say that i will round out the group and say that i do love my voice now and the thing that's made me love my voice is doing this show. Hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. I've always, I was horrified of listening. Dick pics, y'all keep sending the dick pics. <laughs> keep sending keep the dick pics. Um, the thing that made me love my voice, I hated, I, I would be like tortured to listen to back to recordings of my voice. Uh, and I had to start doing it because of this show, because we have to listen for edits. Um, and then I started laughing. And I started laughing at first at everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, because at y'all, kind of funny um <laughs> but it was when um it was jokes teeps it, i was it was through this thing when i said something funny on the podcast and i found myself laughing at myself mm-hmm. was the first time i fell in love with my voice mm. out wow. loud um and it has been this entire year plus that we've been doing this has been a love affair of me understanding that my voice can take up space and that i can love how it sounds um it sounds i mean it sounds like you had an experience close to dennis's which Mm -hmm. it's like you started to understand it wasn't just like the the tone of your voice but that that you you actually had faith in what it is that you're saying Mm -hmm. i mean there's other ways in which like um the just as an autonomic response that you don't become self-conscious of your voice right Mm -hmm. so when you when something hits you you're like ow you know Mm -hmm. there are ways which you are not self-conscious of 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 the way that you sound because of the the pain or extreme joy or you're just tired or you're stressed out or something but to feel that way because you like what it is that you make that's another gift that you give yourself and and that's that's like beautiful joe like that's such a gift i think for all of us to hear too there's this quote that i we read articles and stuff um when we're prepping for these episodes and one of the articles that we read had this quote that was so epic for me because it also made me realize some things about my psychology behind my voice and it was in this guardian article for it talks about the fact that, generally speaking, a lot of people in the population can identify a man as being gay through their voice. Not always, but very often they can. And the same doesn't seem to be true for lesbians or for queer women. And so this quote said, For many lesbians, what is most important is identification with the community of women, while for many gay men, what is most important is distancing themselves from straight men. (laughs) And that was, like, epic for me because I was figure skating and playing the viola and coming out of the closet and figuring out who I was while I was in this like pretty horrific all boys school in a place called Hunting Valley, Ohio, which now means you can go to Google and Google it if you want to know the name of the school. And it was, it was a treacherous place for me. Like I was terrified most of the time. And a lot of these boys really in different ways 
behaved like bar like I came from a public school and I had never seen such barbaric behavior as I sometimes saw among these boys and I truly thought that there are ways in which I was better than them and a lot of that had to do with my sexuality <laughs> and um a lot of the things so that I thought about myself that were I was a homosexual a lot of the ways in which I is felt like I was feminine That's, that is the show <laughs> and my voice was a my voice was a part of that. Anything that distanced myself from the toxic masculinity of that space, and of yes. course I didn't have that language then, for me, made me feel in some ways like I was better or higher. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's part of where I didn't have a lot of shame around my voice. I felt like people might not be attracted to me because of it, but that was just a problem that they had. But that's why I, you know, that's why I went to punk shows and shit. That's why I hung out with yeah. all the riot girls in high school is because mm. like, I want, I was as far away from the dudes in high school yes. when I was with them. And, yeah. and mm-hmm. again, like I didn't have, like, I was super self-conscious of my voice and I didn't use it that often, but it's like all those screaming ladies in riot girl who I wanted oh. to be more than anything. Yeah. Yeah. They just yeah. let their voice go. Yeah. Yes. You know? Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. And you yes. can, your voice is more malleable to what you want it to be. And so your voice, to me, then a lot of other aspects of your body, mm. and it's sort of spiritual because you can't see it, but it is physical. And so yeah, it's it's absolutely. this interesting, it's this interesting play. You can like you can play like I can't just make myself taller, mm. right? Mm-hmm. But I can like modulate my voice and do we different things to us. it yeah. if I want to. And I think that very often that's probably a very subconscious thing. That's sort of what this article was saying is that we sort of modulate our voices to identify with these with the communities or the groups of people that we feel most closely aligned to. And I remember being young and wanting my voice to sound more feminine. I wanted to have a, a, a sort of airy S sound to my voice, which I <laughs> seem to have now. Like oh, there yeah, are all these things that. that I wanted, and um, and I would I would walk around church after church waiting for my parents and like sort of practice them silently. Oh my to god, myself. amazing! Um, uh, it's, it's so funny what you said about um, punk shows, teams, because it made me think about Kurt Cobain, who made the choice to like do this art this music that completely let his voice go mm-hmm. and then it became yeah. so popular that it made him so famous that he had to do it so often that it completely killed his voice mm-hmm. so i kind of wonder about freedom and the consumption thereof as an artist mm-hmm. and how like maybe if we are our freest selves and aren't protective of that that our voices get sort of taken away from us in the end well that's i think sometimes where training comes in yeah that's mm-hmm. absolutely craft oh my god <laughs> yeah i mean you know i think it's same thing as a dancer, right? Like, I think that, you know, if you spend, you know, 10 years, you know, doing things, like, incorrectly with your muscles, right? Like, eventually you're going to feel it, mm. right? Like, because your body can only, like, take stress in the wrong ways for so long, right, you right, know? Right. Um, and I think that, yeah. you know, that's what, like, codification is, right? Like, that's what a warm-up is for, right? Like, that's why we have it, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so, like, yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, there are... I think that 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 idea of respect is there, right? Mm -hmm. And, like, you know, I think that it comes in, like, how you treat your instruments. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, it is, you know, it it is what it is. Like, we get one of these. (laughs) And especially because, like, I think the miracle of, of, of your voice is deeply vested in the fact that, oh, from what I understand of it anyway, in like, like studying anatomy, it is the fact that like its genesis is essentially a defense mechanism. Mm. That like the reason why we make sound is because of like these vocal cords, right? But they're nestled behind your epiglottis and their function, like their physical function is just so that like, if something gets past your, so your epiglottis is uh, uh, above your throat so that, that, that food or drink can't get into your windpipe and choke you. Mm. But if something does, your vocal cords constrict in uniform with your diaphragm to shoot it out of your body. So it's it's a cough, right? That's what you do. But, because people are social creatures, yeah. you elongate the cough a little bit, and then you have a tone. Hmm. Because by virtue of the fact that like um, air from your diaphragm vi- vibrates over your vocal cords, it creates a tone. And so what happens when you elongate that tone is you turn it into language. And you turn that into songs. Yeah. Absolutely. Ugh, that is so real. Hey, friends. If you're feeling a bit parched and thirsty for more conversation, (laughs) hit us the fuck up on Twitter. Every week we write some extra delectable questions about this episode's theme and pin them to the top of our Twitter page so you can add us, ho, (laughs) and talk amongst yourselves if you need another plate. 
keep the thought process going with at food for thought pod on twitter that's food the number four and thought spelled how t-h-o-t i've got that feeling like i'm full but I could fit one more thing inside of me. Just Dennis one? knows how I feel. A big <laughs> thing. <laughs> a big thing. Honestly, this week Joe does too. <laughs> Joe is bottoming up a storm. Right. Good for you, boo. You know, putting the power in power bottom. Yeah, let's let's, why we'll throw the dessert to you this week, Joe. What do you got to um, say? Yeah, so y- y'all know I love poetry. Um, and it's boo. pretty... It's, I know. It's pretty rare that um, a book of poetry just knocks me off of my feet. And uh, there's this poet, Kevin Akbar, who has a book out um, last year called Calling a Wolf a Wolf. Um and I had read his chat book from Sibling Rivalry Press um, called Portrait of the Alcoholic, and I liked it. I thought it was great. Um, but I ha- I just literally, I started reading this book, and from poem one until um, almost the end, and I'll, say, I'll explain why in a moment, I was just blown away. Like, consistently, mm. um, the poems are kind of queer in conception and queer in content, and we'll just have these lines midway through where you're like, the turn of the poem is often so beautiful. It's like, oh, I get the premise of this poem, and then there'll be a line that just literally, we're speaking about breath and voice, took mine away. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was every, there was no filler. It was every poem just had would have a moment in it that would just make me stop and put the book down and be like, God damn, God damn. As like a collection, you said, you know, there was no filler. Was there... Was there like a narrative element to it or what it sounds like is like this book very much is the book like the poems have to be in this order the poems all have to be in the book i mean it is a collection but there's no like meta narrative it's just sort of an, an accumulation of meaning mm-hmm. um and it, it's the first book in a long time where i didn't read the last poem yet because i want it to remain a book oh. that's alive in my life oh. mm. <laughs> that's good though um, so there's just some lines from the poem. I'm just going to read, read a couple of my favorite that just like blew me away. The, t- the Where the title comes from. Thinking, if I called a wolf a wolf, I might dull its fangs. I carried the coldness like a diamond for years, holding it close, near as blood, until one day I woke and found it was fully inside me. Both of us ruined and unrecognizable, two coins on a train track. The train crushed into one. Oh. And he's off. also and I I read with him at the Brooklyn Book Festival last year, and he is also very very good at reading his poems. Yes, he is. Absolutely. He made me cry. <laughs> yeah, and I was sitting, doesn't cry. I was sitting on stage in I I was so mad because I was like because he said something. I think he might have been reading the um Do you speak Persian poem? Yes, um, mm-hmm. which I d- deeply connect to because it's like I don't speak Kumya. I only know like a few words, and and the poem is kind of about like it sucks when you're a poet because every poet loves language, right? And it mm-hmm. sucks when the language that you love is English yeah, <laughs> yeah, because yeah. it ain't yours. Mm-hmm. And he kind of, he goes in between, he obviously has a deep love and understanding of English, but then also just like understanding that like his, he leaps from tongue to tongue, that yep. he doesn't like sort of speak his mother's, his mother tongue with the same, mm-hmm. um, with the same uh, ferocity and, and, and with the same kind of like uh, vivid attention to what it is that he's actually doing and I, yes yeah, so I was like crying at that one I mean I first came uh, aware of, of Cave probably like in 2015 with um, the poem Palmyra mm-hmm. which was like he wrote in response to the Islamic State taking over that site and beheading the, I think, archaeologists who'd, who'd, who'd uncovered this ancient city for for the past, like, 50 years or something like that. And I and I heard him read it on the PBS, like, on PBS or something like that, and I was like, who TF yeah. is this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, they, in his book he talks about that a lot, that he... that it's a lost language that he remembers being able to speak it fluently, but doesn't know it at all anymore. Mm-hmm. So that's such an interesting relationship to have to that language. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Jason. I think, I think that the, the thing that I'm really interested in, um, is the way that, uh, Kava talks about, uh, desire and also need, you know what I mean? Oh, God. Um, the thing, the thing that I'm like really <laughs> gagging over, um, is the way that this book starts, right. Um, which is the first line, which is sometimes God comes to earth disguised as rust. Um, <sighs> and like, mm. first of all, um, like a cute process, you know, like that line is an iambic pentameter, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, immediately I'm thinking of like the sonnets and thinking about like, first of all, I mean, he's saying God in like a pentameter line. So, like, I'm thinking of like John Don, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. and then thinking about the erotic, right? Like, I think that so often the qualities of like 
desire, like, in poetry come through, like, alliteration, come through, like, these sensual, like, you know, literary devices, come through things like sibilance, right? How it like, feels in your mouth. You know sibilance. what I mean, right? Yeah. Like, all of these kind of erotic things, shout yeah. out to Audre Lorde, right? Like, all of these yes. things that feel sensually good in your body. And mm-hmm. I think that, you know... um, there's there's a line where he says uh you he says you pull out what he says you pull out a fistful of the exact feathers you were looking for uh, right and i think in order to you know i think that you know the whole all of the poems like as a as a collection as joe yeah. said right are are talking about the gruesomeness of need right and mm. talking about this Ugh. idea of like Get desire the fuck out of here. you know yeah. what i mean like i think like you know i'm thinking about like when heron was on the show like which i loved right like when when she was talking about the andrea 2 essay and like desire being the zero sum game yes. right like this idea that like you know the the fucked up thing that i thought that I, when i read this book is like there's so many instances of prayer in this book and it's like what like what simpler prayer do we have than like the phrase I need? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I oh. need a blank, right? I need shelter, I need yeah. love, I need companionship, I need whatever. You know? And I yeah. think that like, you know, the the other side of that is like what the speaker is interrogating. And I'm really, really interested in like how like on a sonic level even, yeah. Kava is like interrogating that like with this kind of like, you know, this this these like sonic gestures towards mm. like this traditional like movement towards the beloved you know what i mean and oh, need but- is need is prayer and awareness but also giving yourself up to something mm-hmm. so <laughs> okay yes dennis my thoughts on cover uh-oh i'm gonna have to be honest you haven't read the book i haven't read the book <laughs> and i'm gonna tell you why i'm gonna tell you why Com- this man is so fine. <laughs> and I'm I not even we talking fine. I'm talking fine. How like, tall he is he, Tommy? So He's very, very tall. Fine. He's very tall. He's very tall. So, so. Very tall. Kava, if you're listening. Go come on now. Kava, if you're listening. <laughs> so, we're going to go Let's back to the Brooklyn going. Book Festival. Oh my God. We are going, <laughs> we are going back to Brooklyn Book Festival. And I must say. That when I found so Tommy was oh, reading, you were there too. That's we right. were, I was there. Joe was there, and we came to show up for Tommy. And also, like my really good friend Nicole Steely was reading at that same reading. Yes. And I love oh, her. She's a phenomenal oh. poet. Uh, and Kave was there, and I was her. like, oh, I can find like everyone's talking about this poet. Like I'm not always as caught up on the poetry world as I should be because I write fiction. But everyone's talking about Kave. I was like, oh, I get to like hear a poem. Like I'm. This is great. I'm so excited. I could not listen to a damn word that man said because he was so fine. I could not concentrate. And when I tell you that a long-lasting love was born, I think I listened to two sentences and I started crying. I was like, I can't because I'm hot. I'm too hot and bothered in public. And I like public sex acts, but I was like, I'm too hot and bothered. All you heard was so dream weaver. Yes. So that was it. And so I haven't yet like I keep meaning to buy the book and like read it eventually and I haven't yet but part of that is that is that I'm so scared that I'm just gonna think about how fine he is the amount of Facebook stalking that I have done on this man I'm not I am not lying he is fine so I don't know if I'm gonna be able to concentrate enough to read the book like my my three celebrity crushes right now are BuzzFeed Eugene, an Olympic figure Buzz skater, Wait, wait. That's Kave. like two degrees of separation. Girl. I'm not <laughs> kidding. I quit the show. I, I, it is it is what it is. I quit and, the show. And Kave, and I, I just, like, I can't concentrate. So I am waiting for you, Kave. Please come on the show. I might have to absent myself on that episode because it might be too much for me to handle. He does have oh. a partner. Yeah. I Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> the Facebook I, 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 And I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure they're engaged. Anybody knows that, D knows that. I'm pretty sure they're engaged. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. So, I, and we're not Facebook friends. So. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. By the way. You know that this airs in public. Public, right? Actually, Kave and I you were DMs no last shame. weekend, and he no listens shame. to the show every week. So, yeah. so Kave, get ready. He's I just, like, I can't handle it. I can't handle it. So, one of these days, I will read one of his poems. I will listen to the poem, oh, and I will have critical literary thoughts on it. But, but it's going to be a while. You, you just have thoughts. <laughs> in the meantime, right. I have thoughts, and I'm thirsty. I'm spin, sorry. Spinoff I'm show sorry. thoughts on poetry, where Dennis just talks about how hot different poets are. <laughs> Dennis coming through with the multitude. I have never been more attracted to a writer than I am to him. It's so mad, mad pro- thank, thank you for this book, Kave. This is Kave, you are week. a gift. Yeah, you are a gift. Come thank through. You. Delicious. Hey. 
This episode of Food for Thought is made possible by the generous, unequivocal support of Rosé and our partnership with Into, an online magazine for queer news and culture. Head to intomore.com each week for an Aaliyah-like four-page letter that we can close with a kiss. JK, JK, JK. It's like a paragraph long. <laughs> Our engineer is Alex Mead Fox at Spaceman Sound Studios, and our producer is the styling profiling Alexandra De Palma. <laughs> she is so sexy. <laughs> I'm Daddy. Tommy Teebs Pico. I have once again deleted social media, but if you enjoy the dulcet tones of my golden throat, you can download the Word. audiobook version of IRL, my first collection at audible.com. Just go to audible.com and search Tommy Pico. <laughs> I am Jason P. Smith. You can find me on www.jasonpsmith.com or at Jason P. Smith on Instagram, Twitter, and or Venmo if you feel so moved. Oh, I feel very moved. I am Joseph Osmondson. You can find me at www.josephosmondson.com. And I am Dennis Norris II, and I have a chapbook out, a collection of four stories. You can find links to it at my website at www.dennisnorrisii.com. You can listen to Food for Thought on Apple Podcasts or wherever you catch golden audio goodness. Subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes to keep our lights on, our clocks cleaned, and everything in between. Find us on on Twitter and Facebook as Food for Thought Pod and on Instagram as Gay Sluts Who Read. Sign up for our newsletter for episode insights, reading lists, and extra delectable content at foodforthoughtpodcast.com. And finally, send your questions, thoughts, concerns, and dick pics to thoughts at foodforthoughtpodcast.com as always that's food the number four and thought spelled how T-H-O-T see you next week bye 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 hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.